if you want to go somewhere, there's definitely the opportunities, but you just got to fall in love with the process and fall in love with, you know, kind of the position and the training. And a lot of times the guys that are falling in love with the process and falling in love with the position and, you know, all the, the hard, the hard work it takes growing up and stuff, you tend to see those are the guys who their mental games are a lot stronger. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the best position that's out there. The best position that I know, that is the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, my job's really simple. It's to track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them, and find out what makes them so great. What are the mindsets that they have, the drills that they do, the goalies that they've learned from, the stories that they can tell us that will help you out in your own lacrosse goalie game. And my my, my goal with each episode is that you take away at least one thing, maybe even two, maybe three, that you can incorporate into your own game. On the episode this week, it's a good one. It's the National Director of Crease Coach, Concordia University, Irvine grad, Tyler Schweikert. Tyler's awesome. He also presented at the Lacrosse Goalie Summit with Crease Coach. Great presentation, great episode. Awesome story. I know you're going to love this one. So please enjoy my conversation with Tyler Schweiker. Before we begin this episode, I want to tell you about a really awesome training opportunity for your youth lacrosse goalie. It's called the College Goalie Training Packs. And let me tell you a little about it. So last season, the NCAA allowed college athletes to sign sponsorship deals, and it was really a game changer for college athletes as they could now uh, make money using their name, image, and likeness, something they call NIL. And so, of course, this season, I've signed 17 goalies, 17. We've got eight on the men's side nine on the women's side, and each of these college goalies is putting together a really amazing virtual coaching experience for your youth lacrosse goalie. So how cool is that, that your youth goalie could get mentoring and direct coaching from their college heroes? This is exactly what I wanted when I was learning this position. So each goalie, like I said, putting together a training pack, and it's going to have things like an instructional video series. So this is them out at the field teaching us drills, tips, uh, showing us techniques, things that they use in their game. It's going to have a virtual coaching webinar. So they've put together you know, one hour presentation uh, that you'll be invited to on a different topic of the lacrosse goalie position. It's going to have a live Q&A so your young goalie can show up live and ask these goalies questions face to face. It's going to have save breakdowns. So I sit down with the college goalie and we watch plays from their college games and talk through them. Awesome learning tool. And finally, you get access to direct message or to email these college goalies so you can establish a little bit of a relationship um, and get a little bit of mentoring. Okay, So each of the college goalies training pack is going to be 
priced at under 60 bucks, under 60 bucks, which is insanely cheap if you ask me for all that training. Um, and if you want to get the girls packs or you want to get all of the boys packs or even the entire bundle, uh, we've got some fat discounts for that as well. The coolest part of all of this is because of the NIL deal, we're partners in this. So the money's going to go directly to these starving college kids. Well, I don't know if they're starving. I guess they feed the D1 athletes, but you get the idea. You, your, your youth lacrosse goalie gets the training. These college goalies have put in a ton of work on this training. I've seen the, the product and it is amazing. Your youth goalie gets the help. They get financially rewarded. It's really a win-win. To learn more, go to laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. That's laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. You can see all the goalies I've signed. You can see more details about what specifically comes in the pack. I'm super excited about this. The virtual coaching sessions, they're going to start the last week of September. So if you're liking this opportunity, jump on it before then. laxgoalierat.com slash N-I-L. Pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Tyler Schweiker. Schweik, I think you go by, yeah? Schweiky? (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, um, we're chatting before we hit record here. We haven't seen you since like 2020 when you guys did the uh, the Goalie Summit. Amazing session, you you and Johnny. Uh, So thank you. Good to see you again. Yeah, it's good to be back on. It's been a couple of years for sure. Love it. Uh, Well, I'd love to hear the story uh, of when you first jumped into gold. You remember that? Yeah, so you actually sent me those, some of the questions the other day. I kind of started thinking about it again. Um, I was actually playing like street hockey, and we needed a goalie. And so I hopped in that playing street hockey. I was taking shots right and left. wasn't really like I was wasn't complaining or anything. And we were all all the guys we were playing with. We all played on like a club team. Um, this was probably sixth or seventh grade, I think. Um, and we needed a goalie, and that was like the one area we needed on the team. We didn't have one. Um, and they're like, you might as well give it a try. You know, like, you're pretty good at uh, playing hockey goalie. Can't be too different. Um, so that was sixth grade, and then it just took off after that. I hopped in one summer. Um, never kind of never looked back after that one. Yeah, love it. Now you grew up like in SoCal. Yeah, is that? I mean, yeah. is that? It's a pretty. I don't know. The 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 lacrosse scene is growing pretty heavily. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, compared to what it was when I was a kid, it's definitely gotten a lot bigger. Um, I think one of the big things is like there's on all the club teams I played on aren't even around anymore. So there's definitely been a lot of, you know, changing um, over the years, but it's definitely grown to be a pretty big lacrosse scene, both in the club and high school. Um, you know, you got a lot of teams, you got like Tory Pines. Yeah, I coach. I coach at Modern Day. Um, a lot of these schools are starting to go back east and play and challenge some of these, you know, big time, um, big name schools back there. So it's definitely growing, both in the club scene and uh, and definitely the high school scene as well. Yeah, I love it. So when you uh, when you first jumped into goal, you know, how did you go about then actually learning how to make saves? So actually, I was lucky because my head club coach was a goalie in in college. Um, and so basically I had goalie training right from the beginning. Um, and we would spend, you know, the first 30 minutes to an hour of practice every day. My first two years, just kind of, you know, working on stuff, teaching me how to play. Um, and so that's, I mean, there's not a lot of kids that get that, especially in Southern California, there's very few goalie coaches out here. Um, and so I was lucky in that aspect. Um, Danny Kirkpatrick, he's actually the women's coach now at Chapman. Um, so I got him basically firsthand experience every single day. Um, for a solid two years. Um, I think that's honestly why I was able to, you know, kind of, 
you know, jumpstart my career, I guess, um, at an early age, um, because of that training I had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just having somebody to kind of show you the ropes at that, at that young age is so, is so key. Like you even see some goalies like make it all the way to like, you know, high school or like sometimes like even college level. And they just have such like blatant flaws in their game because nobody has like, they're just pure athletes. You know what I mean? And, but no one has really corrected them. And so they have this like really bizarre stance and then they get to college and it's like, Hey, don't do that. Like, you know, relax your hands or your arms. And then all of a sudden, uh, like their game just takes off. So that was really cool that you were able to get that, that coaching at such an early age. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think like all your fundamentals, like, I, I mean, coaching for me now, coaching young goalies, I love getting goalies when they're young because, you know, you're able to kind of build their, their fundamental base and like their future, their, right. everything they're going to do in the future. Whereas you get, I mean, like you said, you get kids who are in high school or college goalies who, you know, they didn't necessarily have that coaching, don't have that fundamental base. It's kind of hard to, you know, go back and change things when they've been doing it so, so like one way for so long. And for a lot of these guys, it actually works just because they're so athletic. It's, it's true. really hard to yeah. kind of make changes and stuff. Yeah. And when you do make a change, like oftentimes, like performance goes down a little bit before it goes up. Before so, like, you know, up, you yeah. Make, yeah. So you make a change and then they don't like it because it goes down. But you get, sometimes you do have to stick through it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what about for you when you were first starting was, you know, I, I was pretty afraid of the ball. That's kind of a common thing that um, youth goalies have to overcome. What what were some like, what were some things that you were working on earlier in your career? Honestly, I'd say I wasn't afraid of the ball when I first started. It wasn't until I got to high school. Uh, my freshman year, I got thrown in the goal. I was you know, 13 years old and I was on, on, on varsity and we had kids who were 6'4", six, 6'5", six, shooting the ball you know, hundred miles an hour. And that's kind of like, that's when I was like, there was a solid like two or three months where I was kind of flinching before every shot. And it took me a while to kind of get used to that. So I think like it wasn't right away, but it was definitely like when I got to high school, there was definitely some, you know, kind of a little bit of a dip or a flinch before guys would step in. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, once you, especially like once you kind of get to know guys and play with guys for a little bit, you start to figure out who has the fast shot who shot don't you want to get hit by um and that's when you start to kind of flinch a little bit and so for me it was kind of just really just you know finding a way to relax in the goal um and just kind of block everything else out and just i mean just kind of know that like you you might get hit by a ball it's gonna hurt but it's not gonna kill you at the end of the day so that was kind of the mindset i had to go through at least my freshman year of high school um just definitely that kind of mindset and how did you, I mean, how'd you go about, it's easy to say, like, have that mindset, but then all of a sudden someone's cranking up, you know, and it's like, oh man, here we go again. Are there, were there drills that you did? Or like, I guess, how did you sort of, you know, uh, lock in that mindset? I think it was honestly, I just, I would stay after with the guys and get shot on at practice. And eventually became, I was seeing so many shots that yeah. slowly that definitely away. I mean, uh, my freshman year, I had, I, I told our defense coach, I was like, listen, if you're, can you watch me during practice? you see me dip and just yell at me and then just keep continue mm-hmm. yelling at me and yell at me and basically just kind of work that, that out of your game. Um, and then just seeing so many shots to where you finally started to get comfortable, I think was my biggest thing. I wouldn't say there's necessarily a specific drill. Like in, in high school, I didn't have a goalie coach. So it was kind of like, you know, you get your shot on your warm up, and then you have a few minutes to kind of do whatever you want to do by yourself. And then you're in drills. Um, so it was kind of just, seeing as many shots for me in high school as I could to kind of break that bad habit, I guess is kind of what I did. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the reps, I mean, you know, the reps just help so much with a lot of different things. But if you're afraid of the ball um, and you could, you could certainly do some other things like use tennis balls or those little soft, squishy balls, like right when you're right, right when you're getting started. Right. Just to, you know, yeah, not yeah. not have to take one off the shin unnecessarily. Yeah. Um, but also, too, I think that for young goalies, like your desire or like your want to make the save has to really like outweigh this feeling of fear of getting hit with the ball. And like when I was playing, you know, our, our team did a really good job of like celebrating every save, even if it just hit me right in the head and I did nothing. It was like, wow, and I saved him. And so like, you know, I, that was kind of my reward. And so I, I ended up not really caring if I got hit. Cause I knew that like the team was going to get pumped. Um, yeah, and no, so definitely, I mean, I've been a part of both types of teams where you have, definitely have some teams where you make saves and everybody's quiet nobody says anything and those definitely aren't fun teams to be a part of so. right right yeah. yeah um well that's a bummer how did, was that like your high school team or, or a club team that, or? that was just like um, that was probably like one year of youth and then yeah. one summer on a club team and i jumped around different club teams and club is different because it's like i mean you're just kind of a lot of times thrown on random teams with a bunch of guys right um so i never really had that problem in high school or college because you know you're with those guys for so long you know you spend almost every day together right um, yeah, it's yeah more like like those random club teams you would hop on um but yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah well, like once you get to some sort of like competitive you know practicing with the guys every day like you form this bond and like and then you're all rooting for each other and you got each other's back so yeah but the club yeah you're right or even like summer pickup ball um yeah. no one you know no one really cares about each other <laughs> they're just no. out there to play uh, that's cool. What what would you say is your favorite thing about uh, being the goalie, Tyler? Favorite thing? I would say just kind of like, you know, you're kind of the, everyone looks at you to kind of, you know, big moments, come up with that big save, you know, that's kind of, especially as I got into college, that's kind of one thing that I loved to have that kind of pressure. Um, it was always the pressure for me and like just a big moment in the spotlight kind of on you in a sense. Um, you know, it's not always the best because, when you lose everyone looks at you and it's your fault but when you win it's also generally the offense is, is getting the pat on the back for that so but i you know i just kind of like the spotlight um you know the feeling of getting able making saves um making big time saves and big time moments was kind of always the thing that kind of kept me going so yeah we got the spotlight us lacrosse goalies that's for sure like you said it can be good or bad you know like it can be great when you're when you're playing well but when you don't want that spotlight there's nowhere nowhere to hide out there no, yeah, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> That's awesome. So when did you uh after high school you went to did you go you went to Limestone first? Yeah, I went to Limestone and then I transferred to Concordia. Got it. Yeah. When did you um decide like, oh, I want to play lacrosse at the at like in college? And how did your recruiting process work? I'd say probably like my sophomore year kind of became like a like I could actually do this kind of thing. It was never really a thought before. It's always like a dream, like, oh, I want to do that. It was kind of sophomore year. Um, my coach came up to me. He's kind of like, you know, do you want to play the next level? Like, what's your mindset? Um, and so I was like, yeah. So, I mean, back then it, it wasn't like it is now where you can't get contacted or have, can't have any contact until I think it's like going this September going into your junior year. Back then it was basically you could committed any point in your life like there was kids <laughs> i know that would commit in, in eighth grade to play college across and it's like so i kind of started that recruiting process my sophomore year um i played football in high school too so my summers weren't all just lacrosse so i was you know i'd, I'd be playing club lacrosse 
you know, every, every weekend, every chance I got, but it wasn't like it is now with some of these kids that are traveling and playing the cross every single day of the summer. Um, so that's kind of, um, just started reaching out to, uh, to coaches, playing in showcases, um, starting to get looks and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of how it went and just kind of, you know, I started to get offers and stuff like that and went to limestone. Um, and they sit, sit you down and at the time they had won like three of the last four national championships. And so you're 17 year old, I committed my junior year. So 16, 17 year old kid, they sit you down with all the national championship trophies and rings in front of you. It's kind of hard to say no to that. So <laughs> kind of how I ended up there. Yeah. Powerful recruiting process, huh? Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Um, who was the coach at that time? Uh, JB Clark. Okay. So he's now the head coach at Tampa. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then, so what was the school like itself? Um, it was very small. It's honestly kind of like size wise, like Concordia, a lot, very small school under, under around 2000 undergrad. Oh, um, yeah. but it was almost everyone on campus was athletes. Um, so had, they had a football team and then we had basically every sport you would have at a college. Um, so all, it was like somewhere around 50 or 60% athletes, I think. Um, so it was very athlete based. Uh, the mindset of the school was athletes. The, the class schedules are built around, built around, you know, athletics purely, which is kind of nice. Um, as in the South and honestly, I love the South. I, I would move back to the South in a heartbeat. Um, it was definitely not in the greatest location, but you know, you're close to Charleston, you're close to Charlotte. We were 45 minutes South of Charlotte. Um, we'd go to Clemson, um, or University of South Carolina, any chance we got, um, so it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, the campus itself was, it was nice. We actually, I lived in, we had brand new, like multi-million dollar dorms. Uh, the, was like, I was the second class. I got to stay in those. So those were super nice. Um, you know, I, it was, it was a, it was a good time. It was definitely a, a change of scenery for me from being from yeah. Southern California and then yeah. jumping to South Carolina. But, uh, no, I enjoyed it for sure. Yeah. Did you get some, did you get some culture shock going, going down to the South there? Oh, call yeah. People, sir and ma'am a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely did. And the food, food's definitely different. Yeah, and I yeah. love barbecue. I love Southern food. So yeah. it was definitely a culture shock, but, um, I, I'm glad I did it. It was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. So it sounds like a great time. Um, and then you end up transferring, um, to Concordia. What, what went into that decision? Um, so I actually had some injury problems at Limestone, um, and I just kind of wanted to get closer to home. Um, so kind of started looking around and one of my, my senior high school coach was best friends with the coach at Concordia at the time. Mm -hmm. And I honestly had no idea Concordia. I grew up 20 minutes from Concordia. I had no idea Concordia existed. I had played <laughs> football games in the high school that like borders Concordia. I had no idea what it was. Um, and so it was like, I had to make a decision pretty quickly. Um, and they said they needed a goalie. And so for me, it was kind of like, you know, I love South Carolina, but I could go back home, play the cross and live five, 10 minutes from Newport beach. And I live in Huntington beach now, but you know, that was kind of, it was an easy decision to kind of come back here, even though I, I really didn't know what I was walking into. I had, I had no idea what the MCLA was, any of that. Um, but you know, I guess what five years later um, is definitely probably the best decision I made in my life for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, before you talk about your MCLA experience, like when you get to college, uh, limestone, or I guess even maybe when you transferred, did your goalie game uh, change at all? And if so, like how so? 
Yeah, I think it definitely did. And honestly, it changed a lot over the years just based off of you know injuries I had um, and just getting older. Um, I definitely changed the way I played, like the, the arc. I, I never really played a high arc. I kind of, in high school, I played a medium arc, I'd say. Um, and then by my senior year, I was basically standing on the goal line or my fifth year standing on the goal line just because my knees and ankles were so beat up that that was the easiest way for me to play. Um, yeah. So I definitely changed a lot. Uh, and honestly, at high school, you know, I was taught to step straight at the ball. Um, as soon as I got to college, I was basically told that was completely incorrect and to kind of step at a 45 or more flat line. And honestly, as soon as I started, you know, they kind of explained why it made so much more sense to me. I was cutting like the angle off the ball. So I, I definitely, like as soon as I got to college, a lot of my goalie, you know, game, I guess, and the way I played was changed at Limestone and then at Concordia as well, um, all for the better. Um, and it's just kind of like every year, there'd be something I would see or try. Um, I would see and then I'd try it out, kind of see, you know, what whether it helped my game or hurt my game, kind of always trying to find little tweaks I can make. Um, so I'd definitely say, like, my game definitely changed almost every year, I'd say. Yeah, interesting. Now, do you, like, when you're working with youth, the crease coach, do you do you still preach stepping stepping laterally, even with that young age, or or can they do more, more than 45? More like what's your thoughts 40, on that? More like 45 um, yeah. for young guys, and even, like, high school kids, too, if, if, they, if they can do it. Um, and then as you get older, obviously I don't like teaching like step straight down a goal line, um, unless it's like, we need to do that. Um, it's kind of like that 45 or anywhere between that flat line, and that 45, Yeah. um, just kind of make sure that, you know, that way, as long as your stick misses the ball and now your body's at least behind your stick, you're kind of covering that whole cage up. Um, whereas if we're stepping straight out with the ball, you know, there's those almost alleys on your body yeah. um, that that ball can kind of sneak by if you don't get it completely with your stick. Yeah, that's what I subscribe to as well as my theory of like, especially at, at the youth, like, you know, stepping at that 45 and and sort of cutting down that angle, getting your body behind the ball. And then as you get older, yeah, like in college and or your body gets bigger, you do see a lot of guys sit, actually step, you know, like not lateral, yeah. pure lateral. Yeah. Um, but I do like teaching at the very beginning that 45 because I think it gets kids in the mindset of attacking the ball too, which, which yeah. I like, which I like quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, no, that's a big thing. I think like that's, Back to like when I was growing up and playing, I first started, it was kind of like take like my coach to be like, drive your kneecap straight to the ball. Well, now it's like if you're doing that and you miss the ball, it's going to go in. Um, so I think definitely the 45 is probably the way to go, I'd say, especially coaching younger goalies. Um, yeah. It gets them going towards the ball, it gets them, you know, kind of not trying to not be afraid of the ball um, while still covering up as much cage as possible um, during any shot and stuff. Yeah, love it. Um, what about some of the, uh, you know, when you were in college or maybe in high school, some of the college guys or pro guys, um, who, who, were there any that you watched, any that you learned from? Anybody come to mind? Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, um, you know, John Galloway, I feel like every guy's going to say that. Um, watched, <laughs> watched Scotty Rogers a good amount. Um, and then Johnny Rodriguez, who's actually my boss now. Um, yeah. It's just kind of funny how that, that all works out. Um, and then in college, I mean, it was all guys I had, you know, played club with and stuff like that, or growing up playing with or playing against. Um, so just, you know, turning on ESPN and watching any sort of game, it would always be kind of, that's kind of the cool thing as you get older and into college, like now you get to watch your friends kind of play at that next level. Um, yeah. so that was kind of like how I, how I went about it in college. Um, just kind of watching guys that I had, you know, played with or that were like a year or two ahead of me that I'd watch play, you know, club tournaments and stuff like that. 
Yeah, love it. That's how I feel about with this podcast and interviewing a lot of these college goalies now. Like then I'll like turn on the thing and watch them play. And I'm like, oh man, I remember chatting with that guy. That guy's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, and oh, so then you were watching Johnny, I guess at that time as, he was on the outlaws. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 20, 2013. Yeah. He was on the outlaws. And then like, yeah, I would watch, go back and watch clips of him uh, when he played at Salisbury. Mm-hmm. And even though we play, we don't play our games are completely different never have played like him i was just always fun to watch him he's very you know explosive super athletic goalie um yeah to be flying all over the place making crazy saves so definitely definitely not how i play but it was it was a guy i watched a lot throughout high school and um growing up and stuff yeah love it and super active outside of the crease too i mean oh, that was yeah. your whole that was your whole guy's uh presentation on or at least a big part of it the goalie summit was you know being an athlete outside of the crease uh as well which is an amazing part of his game yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you go into then in the MCLA, not even, you know, not even sure what, uh, what it is, uh, you know, like what the competition level is. Um, it can kind of differ. I play in the MCLA at Cal, right. And it can kind of differ between schools. So how was it, you know, how would you describe the program at Concordia? At Concordia? Um, I mean, it's definitely run. So the head coach now, Jesse Foss, you know, the thing at Concordia has always been, oh, we're going to take this division two. Um, and it's probably going to happen here in the next year or two. Don't nice. know if I was allowed to say that, but um, <laughs> All right. it, it'll be, it'll Black be happening Black Scholar Rap Podcast is exclusive, baby. <laughs> yeah, it'll be happening here pretty soon. But um, so it's run like an NCAA program, which was kind of nice for me. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to just go play, you know, where you roll the balls out for, yeah. you know, once a week for a few hours and just play like a, it's a structured program. You have, you know, we practice at 6 a.m. every day. Um, you have lifting, you have study hall, you have what's fully funded by the school. Oh, um, nice. So it's basically been run like that's my entire time here. That's how it's been run. Um, you know, we have full support of the school. There's athletic scholarships. So basically like you're playing at an NCAA program. Um, we have to follow all the same rules every NCAA program does, drug testing, all that stuff. So oh, wow. it, it's been it's been run. It was for me, it was basically it was never really like you were in the NCLA in a sense. And it's honestly at the NCLA, like the top, I'd say 20 teams are very, very competitive, yeah. especially over the last few years. And I quickly realized that as soon as I got there and a lot of these, a lot of these schools are built with, you know, kids who are all division one, division two, II, division three transfers. Um, I remember playing Colorado Boulder like 20, like three years ago, four years ago. Um, they had probably six or seven D one transfers. And wow. so it's like, so you, you're not, it's not like you're playing the competition level you're playing is weak. It's, it's very competitive lacrosse. Um, and, you know, you're playing against still some of the best players um, around the country for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was my experience as well. And at least on our team, I don't know how your guys is like, yeah, we had like, you know, a couple guys that could probably play, play D one, but by the time you like the depth was just not there. Right. Like we didn't have, you know, three lines of middies who could all, who could all ball by the time you got down to that third line of middies, it was, you know, athletic dudes who are kind of learning the sport of lacrosse. I, I don't know. I don't know how, so I don't know how my, your team was. my first few years at Concordia definitely was like that. I mean, it was all, it was, we'd have, I think we had like 27 kids and then 30 kids. So it was very small roster. It was all kids that were legit players. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it would only, you'd have two lines of offense and then there'd be, there's nothing after that. Not even like kids trying to figure out how to play. It's just nothing. <laughs> and so, but now, I mean, I'm going to, I'll be an assistant coach at Concordia next year. We have, we're going to be walking in the fall with a 50, 55 man roster. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely changed a lot since just since my time being there. Um, but it's, it's definitely starting to become more like an NCAA program and, you know, cause that's the kind of direction we're heading in. Um, but it was definitely at one point, you know, very small roster, all guys that could play probably at, at any level, um, but still very small and just kind of, you have to grind games out um, every single week. Yeah. I love it. Uh, well, that's awesome that it's going to go at, to the next level. Um, I mean, that's kind of, you know, the dream of every MCLA program, right. Is to, is to, is to like be a part of that, be a part of that. Cause you know, when we played in the MCLA, like we, I mean, we paid dues, right. You know, we were kind of running a lot of things like, you know, our locker room was the side of the field, uh, <laughs> to get changed. And, you know, it, it's nice then to, to get that, you know, I don't know, next, like take it to the next level and kind of level up everything. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And you guys got some big games on the roster. I'm kind of, I was kind of looking at it before, like you play Whittier, BYU, Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Last year was, Played Whittier, um, beat them actually pretty well. Uh, lost to BYU in the last second. Um, beat Cal last year up at in the football stadium, which will definitely be the coolest game I've ever played in my life. Um, nice. Definitely not something I thought I would get to do ever, um, but that was that was very cool. And then this year, um, another hard schedule. We got South Carolina. We're going back to play at Liberty at Virginia Tech, um, and then Cal still BYU. So it's definitely a loaded schedule. Um, you know, we had an early early entrance or early exit, I guess, to the, uh, in the playoffs last year. So we quickly uh, made sure our schedule is definitely the hardest in the MCLA this year. Um, so we got something to prove um, moving forward. All right, man. Go get them. Go get them. How, how's your goalie squad? Um, it's going to be good. We got uh, Daniel Yang, uh, who's my backup last year. Um, and then Ryan Richters, who's a goalie, one of the goalies at Grand Canyon, um, actually transferred over to us. Um, and then we have a couple incoming freshmen as well. So it'll be, well, it's like three to four, three goalies in the fall, four by the spring. Um, so it should be, a, it should be an interesting one, uh, interesting little battle there. Um, so you, so you get that starting spot. Yeah. Love it. Who ended up winning the championship last year? Is it BYU? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. All right. All right. Go get them. Go get them. Any um, MCLA programs sometimes have some like weird rituals. Anything that you guys did that you can share on the podcast? <laughs> I don't I honestly know. Like everyone kind of did their own thing before games. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd say we were pretty, uh, the, it's a, it's a religious school. So you, oh, is it? you don't get away. Yeah. Concordia is a religious school. So, you know, everything's kind of, you know, we got to be smart in what we do. Um, yeah. So I don't, there was definitely no weird rituals. Everyone kind of just, I mean, def- definitely everyone had pregame routines, stuff like that. Um, but everyone kind of did their own thing. And then, but it was as soon as it was time to lock it up, um, you know, it was, it was go time. Everyone kind of knew that, but everyone yeah. kind of did their own thing pregame, stuff like that. You know, you know, what we did on our team. They don't do it anymore. I mean, the social media and everyone having like a camera in their yeah. pocket kind of changed, kind of changed the game on, on what you can do. But we did uh, rookie haircuts. So the okay, scene- yeah, I mean, we we do that. We do that before playoffs every year. Um, do you? Okay. Yeah. So we still do that. Um, a lot of guys would get mullets. We had we shaved the front half of a kid's hair one year and left the yeah. back half. 
naturally um, yeah yeah so and we'll do it like do you, did you ever go with the fryer tuck like just leave yeah, a one, we had, we had one a couple like kids. <laughs> yeah we had a couple of kids do that i always would get usually we'd just do freshman haircuts and then slowly it turned into everybody because like i was after my freshman year i was like well i we're going to the playoffs i still want to cut my hair so i rocked the <laughs> mullet i think for every every year we went to the playoffs um but we had now yeah we had some pretty pretty crazy haircuts some guys just dye their hair just ridiculous colors um, and we would always do it before the SLC tournament. So you would have to basically go to school then for a solid three to four weeks, rocking that haircut before the MCLA tournament. Yeah. Uh, so you'd have you'd see guys just walking around with basically no hair and get a lot of looks at you for sure. But um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had to keep ours for a week. Um, but it was Berkeley. There's some crazy kids there. So I think we got less looks just because, just, just because of the, the general population. But I had the uh, like going out of it was 99, 1999, like the curtains, you know, long hair curtains was yeah, really yeah. in style. So I had that. And then like I was just oh, man, my hair was my hair was hilarious looking. But anyway, it's all, all in good fun. I don't, I don't know if they do that anymore. Uh, kind of going back to the the lacrosse goalie, like when you are or when you're training, um, or even when you were training yourself, are there any specific drills that like are your kind of your go tos? Um, so as I got into college, um, again, like we talked about before, just constantly seeing reps. Um, I kind of would pick up different things here and there. Always footwork, um, finding a ladder or you know line hop stuff like that, just to get your feet going. Uh, we actually started, I think it was about two years ago. We would start, uh, me and our head coach, uh, we would start boxing before every practice. Mm. Um, just get the mitts out, it works hand-eye, gets a little cardio going, stuff like that. Um, so that's something that, you know, we did for, we do every once in a while. Um, it was always a lot of fun, you know, watching guys would be warming up and all the goalies would just be standing there boxing and it'd be, uh, everyone's kind of be confused. The first time everyone was very confused over what was going on, but, um, that's definitely one that, you know, I'd never seen before. And we were, we were kind of like, let's try it out, see what happens. Um, so it was good to get a little workout in um, and you get your hand-eye coordination in for the day. Um, and then, you know, I would, in college, I tried to see as, as many shots as I could. Um, one thing I started to find, I like to do, I kind of started it probably about two years ago. Honestly, because I was getting screened so much, we just were like, all right, well, might as well start you know, working on screenshots. So we had those big uh, football dummies yeah. um, and we would have the goalie who's not in is basically holding it in front and seeing shots. They would use tennis balls for the most part, um, but seeing shots around the dummies, um, trying to find that ball at the last second, uh, definitely something I think I, that kind of helped me um, kind of prolong my game, I guess. Um, and then the, I'm sure everyone's kind of seen this one where you the goal facing a wall and just shots off the wall, just kind of quick reaction mm-hmm. drills, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lot of, a lot of stuff using a short stick. Uh, I feel like for me, that was kind of a big thing, you know, in high school, I did a good amount, but in college, I would at least two or three times a week be trying to see shots, whether it's a warm up or just shooting with guys after, um, with a short stick. Um, I kind of think it, you know, it's obviously a smaller stick face, so you really got to focus to make clean saves. Um, and, you know, I would try to make as many clean saves as possible, obviously, because, that's just one thing to get the stick on it, but making clean save with a short stick and making like over, over exaggerating, getting your head behind the the, the head of the stick um, was kind of a big thing for me. So I think those are definitely a few. Um, then as you're always your hand eye stuff like that. Yeah, love it. Good, good training right there. <laughs> I love that. I love that football dummy one. Um, just to add like 
extra noise. Um, I've oh, seen, yeah. I've seen some teams do it too, with like a big, um, tire, like the goalies okay. will just kind of roll the tire back and oh, forth. Yeah, in front. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, just kind of add some noise and some chaos and, and you, you kind of like get used to that. Cause, cause it's very different, like seeing shots from a coach and there's no one around. Right. And you can like focus yeah, and lock can, in and all of a sudden it, you got the, yeah. yeah, you can track it. All of a sudden you got the chaos of the game and like, sometimes the youth can get a little overwhelmed. So yeah. Um, helps to train that. Awesome. Um, and then the boxing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always interested in like unconventional things that will make lacrosse goalies a lot better. Like I played a lot of, um, tennis and squash and I think that is just like amazing training for goalies, but yeah, boxing too, I think, um, is pretty good, huh? Yeah, no, it was definitely, we didn't do it as much last year, but the year before it was basically during the fall, we did it twice a week. Um, and it was always, it basically just, we'd, we'd switch off. He would always want to, you know, get in there. He would actually fought, um, like it was Jesse Foss. He fought like UFC and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So he would, he would always <laughs> want to put the gloves on after. And so whatever goalie, like was basically not like, we'd have like competitions and stuff. So whatever goalie was losing the competitions would have to hold the mitts for him. Um, definitely not fun holding the mitts for a guy who'd um, previously fought in UFC <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Um, uh, with all your experience now, what, you know, what goalie advice do you think you'd go back and give your, your younger self? Um, just, you know, it's definitely something I kind of would always give myself while I was playing too, but just kind of know that you got to have that kind of next, next shot, next goal or next play mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to give up goals. Like there's and it's kind of something I try to preach when I'm coaching and stuff like that. You know, even just in training um, and running training sessions and you'll see, I'll see goalies that'll give up a goal when they're seeing 200 shots in a in a two hour session and they get pit and they get mad at themselves. And it's like, you're, you're supposed to give up goals. Like, you know, one's you're not coming out here to get shutouts, you know, one's expecting you to make every single save. Uh, so definitely that it's more of just a mindset kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and go back to like my high school self. And this is for all, and I tell all my high schoolers I work with um, that school is definitely the most important thing you should be focusing on in mm-hmm. your, uh, in your life. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with that. Um, yeah, that next shot mentality, it's mentioned so much on the, on the podcast, but it really is like the key to strong mental game is like, can you stay positive in the face of adversity, right? When negative things happen, like, can you stay, can you stay positive when you give up a goal? Can you just like go on to the next one with the same level of enthusiasm? Right. Yeah. Um, not not always the easiest thing to do, but, um, just finding ways to kind of like reset yourself. Um, you know, there's definitely games where you'll give up, you know, three you know, across the game of runs. So you'll give up, you know, three yeah. goals in a row and just kind of trying to be able to kind of cool yourself down and, you know, take that, you know, you got 30 seconds maybe while they're walking the ball back up to the faceoff face to kind of collect yourself and regroup. And, you know, I'd say the sooner you can kind of learn how to do that and kind of learn how to control your mental, your mental side and your mental state while you're playing, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. And it's hard. It takes a lot of practice, but it's like, you know, at a certain level, at a certain point, like all of the goalies physically are the same. Like sometimes there's, sometimes there's youth that are just like, you know, physical specimens at like, you know, 12 years old. Right. But when you get to college, like everyone's now developed in the pros, everyone's developed. And the guys that have that, that, that strong mental game are really the ones that, that make it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that goes, I think a lot of times the guys who have that strong mental game are the guys that kind of understand that like kind of, you know, when it comes to their training and stuff, 
and I guess this is something else I would go back and tell myself or tell younger goalies is like if you if you want to like go somewhere and with this, with this game and you know nowadays you know it, there's, there's a lot more opportunities that, that are coming up with game of lacrosse so if you want to go somewhere there's definitely the opportunities but you just got to fall in love with the process and fall in love with mm, yeah. you know kind of the position and the training and a lot of times the guys that are falling in love with the process and falling in love with the position and you know all the the hard the hard work it takes growing up and stuff you tend to see those are the guys who their mental games are a lot stronger. Um, and I think when, you know, when you know, you put that amount of work into it, you know, it's kind of like, all right, I know, I know I can do this. And even if I'm going through a slump or giving up a bunch of goals here and there in the game, you know, I know I've, I've worked my butt off to get here. So, you know, those are the guys I feel like um, their mental side, mental game and kind of next shot mentality is usually stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And sometimes those are the guys too, who are like are easiest to give, a pep talk to, to get out of a funk because, um, all they need is just a reminder of how much work they've put in. Right. Yeah. And sometimes the human mind is so fragile. It's like, you'll put in, you know, tens of thousands of hours. And then all of a sudden, like the day before a game, you're like nervous and you're like, Oh man, like I'm not good. Or you, or you have a bad game and you're like, I'm not good. And you're like, wait a minute, like trust that training that you've put in. You are a good goalie. Get back out there. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Cool, man. Um, ain't any time in your career that you went through a slump and, and how did you, uh, how'd you go about getting out of that? Yeah. Um, honestly, I went through a couple in college. Um, I played through a lot of injuries, so it would generally be like, you know, I'd be injured and coming back. Um, there's definitely a couple in college and I would kind of just try to, you know, again, see as many shots as I could, but you know, if I, if I really saw myself going through a slump or like a slump in practice or even like a prolonged slump, um, something I actually learned from Johnny um, and he would do when he would have taken time off in the game or was going through a slump or, you know, trouble making saves or seeing the ball is just get a, either a coach or a buddy, um, have him stand, you know, 20, 25 yards from the cage and just rip the ball as hard as they can at you. Um, the, the extra distance, you know, it's, you're never going to see it. 25 30 yard shot in a game right. but it's kind of it allows you to kind of track the ball and kind of just you know you're not worrying about anything else it takes a lot longer for the ball to get there and you really just kind of see just work on seeing that ball all the way in um that's something i would do and then i would see a lot of shots with tennis balls um when i'd be going through slumps um, just kind of try to you know make saves and kind of not have to worry about you know getting drilled in the shins by a ball drilled in the legs by a ball when I need to you know just work on seeing the ball in or just work on seeing the ball at the shooter stick and stuff like that uh, so I definitely say like in college those were the two two ways I would try to work myself out of slumps yeah um, and then I would say I would say like film too um, just kind of trying to watch you know we film all of our practices and I'll go all the games so going back and if I feel like I'm in a slump or um, whatever it may be just going back and trying to figure out if I can you know pick my pick or break a game break my game apart and you know see if i'm doing something that's you know causing that slump whether maybe i'm starting to dip on something certain shots stuff like that um it's definitely something i did throughout college for sure mm, that's cool how um how'd you have so many injuries were they all, they're all playing lacrosse <laughs> yeah no it was it was a running joke in our team i spent i spent <laughs> almost every every uh every year in the training room that's for sure um my sophomore year i uh, I broke my foot and tore a bunch of the ligaments across the top of my foot. Oh man. Uh, we, we have like a giant, no, we have a giant hill next to our field. Um, and so it like, it's like borders the field. And so like we would have to run it for punishments and stuff like that. 
and we were running it one day and it's literally it's straight up and down so in order to yeah. like run up and down you can't run straight you kind of got to bounce side to side and i stepped in a snake hole and turned and twisted and it just felt a pop and so at the time we i was our only goalie and so they put me in a walking boot i didn't practice the rest of the year but i played in every game they would cast my foot and my leg off give me quarters on shot and i'd hobble out there wow. and it's actually like looking back other than my I was looking back is one of my best statistical seasons I had and I did it right before the season started. Um, so I had that, uh, dislocated my jaw my freshman year. That was like my second or my, right when I got to Concordia, like my second or third practice, I took a shot from like low to high shot. My throat guard went up It went under my throat guard and oh, broke wow. like the plastic piece in my helmet and yeah. blew my jaw out on both sides. Oof. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. Um, and then obviously just the, the casual broken thumb stuff like that you get yeah. usual. yeah that that one that one's more common huh yeah um well cool um so you just uh are you're now the director um at crease coach congratulations on that uh that's amazing you, talk, talk to me a little bit about what you guys got going on at, at crease coach yeah so we just wrapped up our summer um i was actually gone for most of the summer i went to europe for a month so we had I had, we had events all over the place. Um, had a lot of other coaches running them for us. Um, we're starting to expand a little bit more. You'll see. I mean, I'm assuming by the time this podcast is out, um, it'll be announced. But we'll, we're adding Crease Coach Utah, um, so we'll have basically we're start, we're trying to start to add Crease Coach in more regions. Um, you know, we're very we run weekly or by twice a week events out in Southern California. Um, and then we try to get to other states. I know this summer we got up to Seattle, um, Utah, and Arizona, and we were supposed to get up to San Francisco, but I had something come up. We had to cancel that one. Um, in the fall, we're going to get up. We're definitely back to Seattle. Um, we have our, one of our recruiting combines out in Vegas. Um, we'll get out to Arizona, Colorado, San Francisco, um, and then Utah, obviously. And then with the adding of Utah, just kind of, you know, it allows now we have Crease Coach Utah. So, you know, all, all of our goalies from Utah don't have to wait for us to come, you know, uh, out to Utah for, for one, one camp every uh, few months. Right. So it'll kind of be uh, Nick Master George, who is the, he'll be the goalie coach at Westminster University. Um, he's going to be the, I guess, director of West Coast Utah. Um, and, I'm sure our plan kind of is to try and bring on a couple goalies or maybe a goalie from Westminster and a goalie from University of Utah, kind of make them official crease coach goalies um, and have them kind of help them out when it comes to running the camps and stuff like that. Love it. Love it, man. Well, well, good luck with all that. Like I said before, if you need me to promote some stuff, definitely uh, shoot it my way. I'd be happy to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, Utah is an up and coming lacrosse hotbed, huh? Oh yeah. I went out there uh, to recruit for Concordia uh, at the beginning of the summer um, to one of the true showcases they had out there and the talent was off the charts. It was uh, all, uh, from kids from Utah, uh, Idaho, Colorado, Oregon. Yeah. Um, and it was honestly some of the better players I've seen on the West coast. Um, it was, it was really impressive for sure. Love it. Uh, if people wanted to um, get some more info on those camps, should they just go to, is it creasecoach.com or where, where should, where should they go? Yeah. Creasecoach.com or um, follow us on Instagram, um, crease underscore coach. Um, yeah. Post a lot of stuff for Instagram starting to get, get rolling again. A lot of reels, um, 
a lot, a lot of content coming, but yeah, creasecoast.com for sure. Um, and then we'll be having, we're planning on having a big one giant overnight camp. Like we were talking about it before yeah. we hopped on here. So I know we'll, we're going to get, we're going to get a lot of stuff out about that should be out in us lacrosse magazine, um, get some stuff out, bunch of some stuff from ECD, try to get them on as a sponsor. Um, I know we're working on that. So that should be something to look forward to this, uh, this upcoming summer, 2023. That'd be cool. Um, and then, yeah, and just a couple, you know, trying to get to as many places as possible. Um, just kind of grow the game. Love it. Have you played with the, uh, the new ECD impact yet? I have not. I need to okay. try that out. I was, I used the Nike. So I, I, the like the Nike prototype I actually got, and it still says on the side, like, do not use for prototype use only. <laughs> I used it all. I used it for like two, two or three years now, I think. And it hasn't broke. I love that head, but I definitely got to try out that ECD head for sure. Yeah. Did it, was it, did they end up making changes to it or that was kind of like the final version? That I don't you were- I don't know. I I haven't I haven't even bought. I was like I got like three of them, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna go buy a head if I got these three. Um, and so I haven't even looked at the ones that they that actually put out to market. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, everything everything looks uh, the head's great. I mean, it's lasted me two years. Um, so I'm assuming it's pretty close to what's probably the finished product was. Yeah, um, but I love it. I love that head for sure. I need to get my hands on one of those. That's one of the ones I haven't. I've never played with. That um, and then they they're they're Nike gloves, Nike goalie gloves. I love those gloves too. Yeah, I have I have a pair of those. Those, those are awesome. Their thumb yeah. is like uh, it's like the biggest thumb I've seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, what uh, if I was going to put on a live clinic? What advice would you or me or any coach for that matter? Like, what what do you think goes into making a great live clinic? In your opinion, um, I would say shooters. You got to have good shooters that want to be actually be there. Um, you know, as we've found over the past, since I've taken over crease coach, um, you know, we've had great clinics. We've had clinics that we definitely know could have been better. Um, and kind of one of the things it's always, you know, if the shooters are there and they want to get in and they're there to like, you know, almost get themselves better. Like they're going to work to, you know, take good shots. They're going to work to be you know, focused in um, and help the goalies get work in. Um, those are the clinics for us that have always been successful. Mm. Um, just because with as a goalie, if you have a shooter that you know, doesn't really care and it's just kind of missing cage a lot or isn't shooting the ball very accurately or right. you know, isn't giving you game-like shots, which is what you're at a clinic or some of these clinics you're at for, um, then you're kind of a waste of time for you. Um, so definitely shooters. Um, we found music 100% has to be, has to be a thing. Mm. Um, it, it keeps the energy up. It just, you know, keeps the mood light. Um, and then well, we've found like, we do a lot of stations. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of camps where you just go and it's just a lot of, you know, get reps kind of thing. Um, and we kind of try to base our camps. We'll do those for sure. Um, if, if it's kind of what the, the camp needs to be tailored towards, but we do a lot of station work. So, you know, it'll be, you know, if you have, we'll have, 20 goalies, uh, we'll have five cages and one cage is we have a weighted weighted stick. So it's a weighted shaft um, and working on just off stick saves or off stick high, hip and low and really working on driving the hand across. Um, obviously, it's a little harder with the weighted stick. Um, and so we'll do all sorts of variations of stations, um, whether it's hand eye stuff, um, reaction stuff with tennis balls. That way they're kind of getting, you know, every every aspect of, you know, the goalie work that they can get and, you know, a two hour clinic that we run. Love it, man. Sounds great. 
Uh, well, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, good luck with crease coach. Good luck with, uh, Concordia coaching. Um, you guys start fall ball pretty soon or what's the, uh, yeah, we have a training camp Labor Day weekend, so that'll be fun. Nice. Uh, two or three practices a day for a few days. So it'll be good to get all the guys back together. Um, and then we start rolling with, uh, with the fall ball. I think that runs for a couple months, like till right before Thanksgiving. And then we kind of wrap it up and yeah. you guys focus up on finals, stuff like that. Awesome, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for coming on, uh, sharing your knowledge. It was tons of fun. Uh, if you had to leave the goalies out there with one final piece of advice, what would that be? <clears throat> um, just kind of like I said earlier, have, have fun with the position, you know, try different things out, but um, fall in love with it, fall in love with the process and the game. And, you know, it'll take you basically anywhere you want. Love it. Tyler, man, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Dan. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. That was the National Director of Crease Coach, Concordia University grad, Tyler Schweikert. Awesome episode, awesome awesome guy. Good to talk with him again. We had uh, some conversations during the Lacrosse Goalie Summit. Maybe you attended his session along uh, with, with Crease Coach. That'll do it for this week. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, College Goalie Training Packs are here. I've sponsored 17 goalies this week. I've been going through and editing their training content, and it is amazing stuff. I cannot emphasize how awesome it is. I've learned a ton, even after all of these years, seeing these college kids talk about techniques and talk about drills and break down their saves and give us what's going through their head is tremendous uh, learning material for, for a youth goalie. If you're learning the basics if you want to know drills, if you got a 12-year-old and you're a dad and you want to know what to do with him uh, or her, I've sponsored nine female goalies. Uh, they're all awesome as well. I do think male goalies can learn from the female coaches and vice versa. The way we play goalie is identical in men's and women's lacrosse. Games are very different, yeah. Where we take shots, very different, yeah. The sticks, very different, yeah. But the way that you make saves, 100% identical, um, and I 100% believe that. Anyway, college lacrosse goalie packs, they're priced at under 60 bucks per pack, which is, which is pretty insane because it's, you know, it is an, a one-on-one one hour of private lacrosse goalie training with these coaches will run you more than 60 bucks. And you get their, their instructional video series, their webinar, their save breakdowns. You get to attend a live Q&A with them, and you get access to their DMs, which is incredible, incredible resource. So you get to know these college kids, and as if it couldn't get any better, I assign them to an NIL de deal, so proceeds go directly to these goalies. So you're financially helping them as they teach something they love. Win, win, win. Awesome all around. LaxGoalieRat.com slash college laxgoalierat.com slash college to check that out. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 